Delivering great-tasting product to your customers is important. Saving energy, space, and improving operational efficiencies is good for your bottom line. A perfect choice for convenience retailers, Adande Refrigeration's patented modular units deliver so many efficiencies, it's no wonder brands such as Sheets and Get-Go are installing these temperature-stable, hold-the-cold fridges across their U.S. food courts. When it comes to refrigeration, convenience is at the very heart of Adande Refrigeration. Learn how you can excel in food service, save time, space, and energy with Adande Refrigeration at adande.co.uk or adande.com. Professionals in the know, choose Adande. You're listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast, brought to you by Global Convenience Store Focus. Shop Talk Live is a unique video and podcast series featuring senior retail executives in the global convenience, fuels, and mobility retail industry, hosted by Dan Munford and Carolyn Schneer. Welcome to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. This is Carolyn Schneer. In this episode, I speak with Derek Gaskins, Chief Marketing Officer at Yesway, one of America's fastest growing convenience retail chains. I'm joined by my co-host, Lisa Biggs, the CEO of Impact 21. We will talk about technology and marketing and how Yesway and other successful retailers can make it all work together in a fully integrated format. Lisa coined the term unified commerce and discusses the methodology behind this strategy and how to develop a roadmap for moving forward. Derek shares what it took at Yesway to get the infrastructure in place, advance marketing, and launch loyalty and other customer-facing solutions, all while cultivating the company's brand and culture. I hope you enjoy this episode and certainly go to our website at globalcommunestorefocus.co.uk to see this video in its entirety on episode number 52. Hi, welcome to Shop Talk Live. I'm Carolyn Schneer here in Washington, D.C. I'm very happy to have with me today my guest host and friend of many years, Lisa Biggs, co-owner, president, and CEO of Impact 21 Group. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you with me for today's episode as we talk with a powerhouse figure in the convenience industry, Derek Gaskins, who is the chief marketing officer for Yesway. Um, But before we bring Derek on, we have a topic today, unified commerce, which you and I have talked a lot about, Lisa, um, where we're going to talk about the customer touch points on each customer's journey. So before we go ahead and get started, Lisa, can you open us up with an understanding of unified commerce, what we're facing as an industry today? Yes, I will. So uh, we've been talking a lot in the industry about unified commerce and how our channel may be a little bit different because we do so much customer interface with uh, the different categories we serve, fuel, merchandise, food. Uh, We actually have defined unified commerce as having a unified customer experience, no matter where your customer shops. So whether it's online or mobile ordering, uh, mobile apps, uh, loyalty, uh, forecourt, Uh, or in-store, you often don't find the same customer experience or the brand experience, depending on where you shop. And we want to make a difference with that in our industry. Yeah, that's important. Yes. uh, Many of the customer-facing solutions we deployed over time, right? So we didn't have really a strong integrated approach. And we've left visible gaps. And those are the things we're trying to close now the uh, unintegrated solutions uh, created maybe multiple touch points or touch points that aren't seamless. uh, And we're working to uh, really find uh, more of an urgency around some of those resolutions. 
Well, definitely something that our industry and, and well, every industry, you're just, you're used to walking in, looking on your phone, looking on your computer. It just, you want it all to work together. So I'm glad we're going to highlight this today. So thank you for that quick overview. And we're going to jump more into that in a little bit, but um, I'd like to bring Derek to continue this discussion to hear and how his company is focusing on this journey. And I know you all have talked about that a lot. So Yesway has been growing like crazy. I'm going to let Derek tell us a little bit more about that since they founded in 2015. Uh, I think they have more than 425 stores. I think you said you're up to 429 since like yesterday when we <laughs> talked last. <laughs> um, and you're out in the Southwestern US uh, branded Yesway and Allsips. Derek's a well-known figure in the marketing world who many of you have probably met around the world. Um, and he's helped with this Yesway expansion. He's my friend, former colleague, and we're excited to have you with us today. Welcome, Derek. Absolutely. Thank you. First of all, glad to be here with two of my absolute favorite people in <laughs> the whole world. So, hey, Lisa, what's going hey. on? Thank you, Carolyn, for the wonderful intro. Um, of course. Yesway certainly has been about growth. So I think, Carolyn, that you nailed it. Um, when I joined the company, it was the commitment to growth that attracted me, and we have delivered on that. So, you know, it was about 40 stores or so four or five years ago. And now when I fast forward to your point, we're up to 429 now and, and counting. That could change by the day. And we grow in a non-state region currently where we're filling in. So it's from the Midwest down through the Southwest, from South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Texas. And I hope I didn't leave out any state, but those are the regions that we operate. We go to market with two banners, uh, Yesway being the primary banner that is our vehicle for acquisitions. And about three years ago now, we made our largest acquisition of the Allsup's chain of convenience stores. They were based in Clovis, New Mexico. And now we're one big happy family and have assembled the merchandising marketing operations teams and we go to market as Yesway, and you'll see Allsup's products, and namely the world-famous burrito food service program inside every Yesway store, and Yesway products inside of Allsup stores. And we have a good, better, best merchandising strategy with segmentation where we have products that can meet all those needs. So bottled water, for instance, we may have it under multiple banners. Allsup's is our opening price point. Yes way for alkaline and sparkling and enhanced and then even toying around with some best and trying to get, you know, certain regions that we operate spring water from mineral wells, for instance, down in West Texas. Mm -hmm. So that has created a great culture, let's say, being the key word that when people ask me what has been my focus it has certainly been culture. And I think when you add in the other word, uh, the other C word, rather COVID, it has been interesting times that we've operated in these past two years or three years now. And COVID accelerated many things. And so when Lisa walked through Unified Commerce, absolutely every retailer knows we had a roadmap that had customer facing technology and things that would improve the experience, make it easier, faster, more seamless to do business with us. And COVID was gasoline that accelerated that fire. And like many others, we have launched some of those customer facing things. But as Lisa also talked about, it's important that you look at the team member facing or the internal pieces and ERP and back of the house and make sure those systems are integrated well that is truly how you deliver world-class retail. Yeah. If I could toot your horn for just a minute, uh, I've seen you in the markets and I've seen what you've done with the Yesway brand, the Allsup's brand, 
Uh, so I do think you're delivering on culture, but you've also maintained that culture across the different uh, companies a bit. As you try to bring them together, you nurtured maybe some things that were best best in class from each Thank of those. And congratulations on that. It's not often it's happening, you. you know, when we see those acquisitions. So the other thing uh, you mentioned, and I know we've talked in the past about your rocket launch into Yesway and taking that brand forward. Then you have this acquisition of a company, you know, double more than twice the size yeah. of Yesway and then the global pandemic hits. So uh, one thing that we've been talking to uh, retailers about is how do we leapfrog? We've, we have spent a lot of time talking about the back office and the ERPs and some of those costs. Uh, to maintain the customer-facing solutions we've had today. Uh, but we're hoping that what we'll do is spend some more time just on those customer touch points, understanding where we're broken. Maybe there's a way to leapfrog in new, more advanced technologies that don't have quite the, the weight and cost for support and infrastructure in the back of the house. So uh, I know you're doing a lot uh, on yes. loyalty integration. I don't know if there's something you can speak to there. No, I think that is a fantastic point is that, you know, much like the developing world, and I hate to use that uh, analogy, but it's quicker to leapfrog and go right to mobile, for instance, than trying to build infrastructure that's predicated on old systems and old ways of doing mm -hmm. things. And I think within the C-Store vertical, that is the case. I, I oftentimes talk to people and they're questioning, well, how come my average convenience store is not as sophisticated as name what other retailer or channel that's out there. And I say, well, you have to look at legacy systems and what that means. A gas pump for us is a touch point. It is a register. It's a point of sale. And I must integrate that the same way that I would if I put self-checkout in or the mobile phone is in someone's pocket. So to your point, Lisa, you can leapfrog that by going through the connected cloud or going above the site level and yeah. doing some of those integration points there and mobile or digital or whatever, you know, buzzword people choose to use. I just look at it as it's the new way to do business. It's paramount because those connections through a legacy system might not prove possible. But if you identify and segment your customer base that's willing to go on that journey with you, you know, I've done a 180 on some things like, um, you know, let's say third-party delivery um, used to yes. be pain and outside. But when you think through to your point, how to leapfrog and say, okay, maybe I established a separate price book. And then that then integrates on a batch nature in the cloud with my current price book. And it can be hourly or you can strive for real time even. That can get me there quicker than relying on legacy partners to build something that may or may not be on their roadmap. They may be focused on growth or new right. retail acquisition. And so, you know, to innovate and meet the needs of consumers, we have to be flexible, nimble, and agile. And Derek, you mentioned as well, um, you know, I, I can only imagine the you, culture was a word you brought up in the beginning, and you have so many pieces to put together and so many departments that you have to touch to make sure all of these things work together on that entire journey. I would imagine that's um, challenging at best, especially when you're all over, you're geographically diverse as you are too. So um, how did you how did you make sure that everybody was on board moving forward, that you had the tech guys and women talking with the the marketing team, and then you you know down to the store level and everything. I'm sure there was a lot of communication that you had to to make sure was working. Certainly, yeah, Carolyn. I was going to say we're just full of um, c words. So <laughs> communication being another key 
word that drives culture. And in the early days of uh, COVID, we were over communicating. So as a leadership team, we would have Monday, not even Monday, every morning meetings at 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, where we would connect, we would talk about the prior day, any challenges, what could we do as a leadership team to support store operations and build a culture of caring, a culture of concern, and all of those other attributes. I think then we took it a step further and we launched a program called Hospitality Heroes. And as much as we can talk about unified commerce and connected commerce, sometimes it's best to keep things simple. And I think in this case, we started to look at the culture in our stores and wanted to turn down the temperature. So somewhat, let's say Uh, we had regions that we operate where people didn't want to be told to wear a mask where people felt challenged by that. And it was creating clashes at the retail store level on top of the everyday stress of risking your life and trying to keep a store open and serving the community needs. So Hospitality Heroes, simply put, was a way to get the corporate team in the stores. So we would arm everyone with cash. And um, that year I flew over 300,000 miles and went to every region that we operated. Our CEO, Tom Turkler, took it personal. He went out into South Dakota, New Mexico, Texas, and we would use positive reinforcement to change the dialogue. So rather than saying, I'm going to mandate and you wear a mask or you're fired or, you know, you put these gloves on and clean the door and the high frequency touch surfaces, the coffee counter, the checkout counters and those areas, it became, you can get cash incentives and spot bonuses if we catch you doing it right. And that's what Hospitality Heroes was. The the goal was about improving the customer experience in our stores and differentiating from others. And as a rural operator, you know, we're the grocery store, we're the convenience store, we're the restaurant in many of these markets that we serve. And as COVID started to lengthen and you know, I'm 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 talking the first weeks, if not months, of uh 2020. So you're starting to look into April and May and June when everyone was on lockdown. Restaurants closed. We had even grocery stores and uh Walmarts and places like that were either closing on third shift or closing early or closing outright. We stayed open 365, 24-7. And we did what everyone did. We paid heroes pay. We gave everyone paid time off. So if you were worried that you were sick, don't worry. You don't have to come to work three weeks. No questions asked. We use our loyalty program and loaded stored value and empowered our team members to use it on whatever they wanted. If they wanted to buy beer, we understood that. Hey, we sell beer. It's a big category for us and empower them to do so. Food service or fill in grocery, milk, dairy, bread, eggs, all of the famous awesome brands and Yesway branded product that we sell. But I think the larger piece of this, it was a reaffirmation. And rather than a mandate from the top, it became something that created this culture where team members in the field were doing what we wanted and doing what they should have done. But The side benefit was that consumers felt safer. It may not seem that way, but we would have consumers say, I don't feel comfortable going into the supermarket. I don't feel comfortable going into the big box, Target, Walmart, you name it, where there might be hundreds of of people that I don't know. I coach my awesomes and I know the person behind the counter and they're wearing a mask, they're wearing gloves and I see them cleaning and I you know, just gives me this sense of confidence and uh, comfort in this time. So that was a way that we accelerated the culture in this Hospitality Heroes program 
we literally spent tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars, started to do it in eight week cycles. And it also created a double culture where we didn't have people working from home. There's nothing wrong with that, right? That, you know, we have the luxury of being in the corporate role that we could do that. But the action is in the stores. The registers ring in the stores and on the front line. And we use the term heroes purposely. I mean, these were heroes. It 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 touched my soul. The grace that I saw from our team members risking their lives every day to work and to mm-hmm. be essential retail. This channel, we fuel the police, the fire, first re- responders in times of crisis and hurricanes, natural disasters or pandemics. We mm-hmm. are the community safe haven and bastion and witnessing that firsthand while we're growing and bringing all subs into one fold. As much as I say COVID was the acceleration age, that helped us accelerate our culture too. Not all company cultures uh, you know, have have stayed really in touch with their teams and their customers. And so we always encourage um, retailers to be your customer. Right. When was the last time you said, this is my journey? If I had the perfect journey and they bought from every category across this one walk, what would it look like? And then go try to do it. Your eyes will be wide open. Um, yes. and you may be so impressed. You'll be impressed with your team because you'll wonder how your team has held that culture together when and when sometimes our technology and automation is so disconnected, uh, but we are operators. So our people in the field, I think, are the glue holding together when we've tried to automate and, and make the, the journey for the customers more seamless, but uh, just be your customer and, and see if you pulled it off. I think it's really, really relevant right now. That's a cool concept. Um, now, one of the things um, I briefly want to touch on, because we could probably talk for hours, is supply chain. That that was tough. Um, and you mentioned, Lisa, you you start doing food service when you have no idea what your inventory is. Yeah. And now you've made unhappy customers because all they want <laughs> is the burrito or, you know, whatever goes with, you know, some chips or something. And, and you don't have them, but now it's hanging on the, the paper sign. I know this isn't your case, but yeah. how how do you, um, I guess, I, let me start with, I guess, Lisa. How do you um, recommend people really implement a really quick, smart supply chain um, technology within this system, this unified commerce, or, or what's, what's some best advice? Yeah, I think um, we, we've we implemented technologies in the stores for many years, just around inventory management, other industries, you know, they do it. And we find it really hard uh, in the U.S. to just maintain our store level inventory. And I think sometimes we're trying to be perfectionist. Uh, we do an inventory want to be perfect. You want to know what's on your shelf at all times. Uh, but there's ways to, when you're implementing your technology, just to take the store manager's hands out of the inventory so they don't have to do it. You know, data, to your point, uh, Derek has to be correct on the front end. Yeah. I think we're getting there as an industry. Price books are timely and accurately uh, deployed for the most part. But just closing that gap, Carolyn, on store level inventories uh, is not a, a really hard decision, and it's certainly not that hard to implement. We've been afraid of it for far too long. If we want to leverage online ordering, if we want to do a great job delivering and having someone get what they asked for without substitutes, it's a necessary evil. So if you want to be in that game, then you've just got to go back to some of those areas of automation um, and just resolve it, you know, take it just one level for, forward. And we can do it. Most of the industry has dabbled in it. 
uh, but many players have done it and really successfully now. So Derek, um, from your perspective, uh, do, how does that work for, for Yesway? Lisa made some salient points, and I would only add that while you want to take some things out of the store's hands to automate them, um, inventory management or ordering and some of those aspects, I would say in other ways, you need to put some power back in the store's hands. And, you know, we talk about flexibility within a framework, but being local is how we won during the pandemic. And I think most retailers who understand the communities that they serve and their customers, or the fact that we are the community and we work and live and play there gives you a leg up. But to your point, Carolyn, it's we have high velocity retail. So if I have the ability for someone to order from a phone or third party delivery to order through their app or the yeah. thousands of transactions that I might do in that store on a given day, how can I marry all of that in real time so that you're not let down as a consumer who has now gone down this new path that I've asked you to using the mobile app and you've ordered and you want some signature product and it's now gone. Right. So by having some ability at the local level to even turn off sometimes the volume or to modulate it to make sure or to message and say, hey, this product is out. However, I recommend this substitution. Is that acceptable? You take a disappointing moment and you turn it into something favorable and a positive customer experience. So I would add that piece to it. That's what makes it so challenging, though. Yeah, I think that that almost puts a perfect bow on everything we're talking about. So Lisa, as we close out here, um, he Derek, you just touched on like every single part of that customer journey, just even talking about, you know, signature drinks or signature um, food. So Lisa, um, is there anything you'd like to leave our viewers with um, as things they could do to, to, to say exactly what Derek just said? How do you make it all work together? What's something that our, our, our viewers can leave with? Yeah, I think a roadmap. Uh, we've had them for many, many years. Uh, we They're all over the place. They're customer facing, they're back of the house. And yes, you need a back of the house support for everything we do. Uh, but in the future, develop your technology and automation roadmaps on the front of the house. Think about the customer experience, make that your number one priority. Everything else in the back of the house is is what it takes to deploy that roadmap. It isn't your roadmap. It's what it takes to deploy it. So if I could, if I could do anything all over as a retailer, it would be start with everything customer facing and everything it takes then to deploy it seamlessly. Well, I, I, that's a perfect ending, I think, on our, our discussion on Unified Commerce. But Derek, thank you for giving us retail perspective on how to do that with, with hundreds and hundreds of stores all across a very, very big swath of land in our country. I should have probably led with where we are, where you are, is right in the middle of the exactly. U.S. You're not on the East Coast. You're not in the West Coast. You're right kind of in the middle. The heartland. Um, the heartland <laughs> where it's 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 rural. It's um it's, it's Yellowstone. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's Wild <laughs> West in some cases. So um, you, you've definitely made quite an impact in that area. So I thank you so much for being with us today, for taking time out of your day. And Lisa, I really appreciate um, you being here with me as a, as a co-host and, and helping us lead this discussion. Yeah. Thanks, Carolyn. My pleasure. Thanks, thank you. Thank you for listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. This episode was produced by Dan Munford and Nick Scherzer with support from Jenna Ferguson and Lorraine Evans. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Carolyn Schneer, and music was provided by Wolfgang Worley. 
tune in every other week for new episodes. And please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and learn more at globalconvenienceStorefocus.co.uk.